You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our exclusive coverage of Third Watch, our recap series of the television show that if you've never watched before, you should because it makes you a better person. Uh, we are up to the fourth episode <laughs> of season three. Uh, the Relay, uh, first aired on the 12th of November 2001, written by Ed Allen Bonero and Scott Williams, directed by our bestie Guy Norman B. And uh, interesting episode, very unique episode when it comes to Third Watch. Once again, we said that a lot in terms of uh, some of these episodes in the last few weeks, but uh, again, a similar thing when it comes to this one. Uh, my name is Ben, and uh, go find someone to beat up. <laughs> my name's Darvell, and... Well, you can shove those too. <laughs> um, we mentioned this, uh, obviously, uh, a bit last week, but yeah, I'm, I'm all but certain that this was meant to be the premiere episode. Not, again, just because, you know, it comes three weeks after 9-11 uh, in terms of the, the episodes that we've just covered in the last three weeks, but it's a production code, gives us clues. This has got a real premiere episode vibe to it. So, you know, we, we touched on the fact that... Um, they would have done episodes and kind of had things planned in the lead up, ready to go to sort of season three before 9-11 happened. And they kind of had to quickly, you know, backtrack and do some things. But um, in, in regards to kind of just the production codes alone, it looks as though episodes uh, four, five, six, seven. So our next four weeks kind of were meant to be the first four episodes of season three. But obviously there's, you know, <clears throat> references that you'll find here to, uh, you know, 9-11. And pro- they would have had to change things around to kind of continue on with the storyline. Uh, so, you know, little things like that, which we'll obviously get to, but, um, yeah, yeah. Any pre-thoughts when it comes to the real, cause this is, this is a, this is a good episode. I think this is kind of one that I, as I said last week, I always kind of had to remember if I liked this episode or not, because, uh, you know, just kind of the subject matter, but yeah, once you watch it, like, yeah, this is a bloody good episode. <laughs> yeah. And it's our, it's probably, as we said at the end of last week, this third watch averages, probably one episode every season where everyone where it's an every it's an all hands on deck yeah. episode this is it here absolutely this is it here and you know let's say that this was intended to be the premiere <laughs> you know we talk we've talked a lot about 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 third watch being pro, about third watch being promoted in the last few episodes how how it was done and everything random thought let's say that this was the premiere let's say 911 never happened i wonder <laughs> I'm just wondering how they. I'm just wondering how NBC would have promoted this. Like just a random little thing. hot on a bus. Will they get it there in time? Third watch NBC Thursday. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All new, get ready for the season premiere of Third Watch NBC Monday. Mm. There would be some sort of interesting <laughs> stuff know. around that, but um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I you're right. Like, this is kind of the, the Demolition Derby, the end Zeus wept. And I guess kind of it's interesting that if you look at those ones, so like Demolition Derby, smack bang in the middle of season one, and Zeus wept, the finale of season two, and then, uh, you know, the relay, technically, the premiere, you would argue, of season three. So they kind of spread them around a little bit. So, you know, it's interesting. And it would have been interesting, actually, if this had been the premiere, because then we would have had a sort of back-to-back episodes where they kind of involve everyone, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah. You know, a little bit there. So, let's get into this. I mean, you know, sort of... This is almost similar to what we talked about with Honor last season. The fact this is kind of an episode of two halves. Um, you know, so we start off... Uh, I, I, and I will correct myself again. I, I do this a lot. But, like, we mentioned when Fred won the truck. 
uh, in exposing faith. It's kind of never really mentioned again. I lied because here they are rocking up to the precinct in Fred's new truck. Like, here we go. Uh, so we see Fred and Yokus in it. Um, you know, kind of we hear that obviously Yokus hasn't told Bosco about the uh, the sickness. Um, and I, I kind of like when Fred says like, oh, I can't cut one in bed without him, you know, busting a nut about it a week later. Um, you know, the nice little thing here. Um, yeah. and this is like where Fred's like, oh, call in sick. I can't call in sick. We'll call in tired. Fred, everyone's tired. Um, and then obviously we hear that obviously we, we talked about Fred, you know, last week or the week before kind of how he's kind of, you know, handling this. He's Mr. Cheerleader. He's Mr. Positive. But obviously we kind of hear from Fred, uh, from Faith about how like, oh, you can't even say the word surgery. So, you know, he's dealing with it in some way. I also like the little subtle fact that they've got a little American. It's not a very easy word to say. No. He's got. He's, I love the little, uh, you know, American flag that he's got in his truck there too. Obviously, we know the sense of pride that sort of followed out for nine eleven. So just a nice little subtle little mm-hmm. bit there. Um, Jimmy and Kim randomly at the firehouse. Kim's obviously back to sort of duty now, so she's kind of you know coming back to work. And uh, we've got Jimmy serving up the uh, sole custody papers to Kim. I mean, when did Jimmy think this was a good idea to do this at the beginning of the shift? Like, come on, Jimmy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of thing he. It's the kind of thing he would. He would do though. Mm. He would make it. He he would make it a. I guess you could say a public thing. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I mean, touching Jimmy and Kim really here. I mean, it's kind of they're not really that close for a long time in this show. Clearly, Jimmy's yeah. trying to take away Joey, uh, little demon child. Not without reason. Yeah. Not without reason though. And you're right, but like I mean, it's kind of I don't know if it was you or Brandy who kind of touched. I think it might have been Brandy. Sort of alluded to the fact she doesn't really like this storyline just because. You know, like, all Jimmy's kind of mistakes that he's made, at no point did Kim... I mean, she threatened it. I know she threatened it in Ohio, um, you know, to go for sole custody, but she didn't go through with it. And kind of, like, Jimmy pretty much goes through with it. So, again, I know different circumstances, you know, suicide attempt, fair enough, but, like, I don't know. Like, it... I'm not saying I dislike the storyline. I kind of think it's good that Jimmy and Kim really have something meaty to get into this season. Um, but I don't know how you kind of generally feel about the overall vibe about how, like, you know, poor old Kim makes one mistake and it's all like, oh, quick, you know, let's, you know, take away Demon Child. Yet Jimmy was just filled with mistakes and Kim was a little bit more forgiving. So I don't know how you feel about it. I'll have to think on that one and and touch it as the storyline unravels. Good point, good point. We'll see how that goes. Anyway... Uh, Bosco and Yokus show up to an apartment and, uh, obviously we've heard that, um, there's a, there's a jumper, so they actually go to the roof and kind of, you know, it just brings me back to season one was Bosco, you hate jumpers. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, oops. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the one, the one from, uh, hell, the one from, what was it? It was like, hell ep- is what you make yeah. of it, season one, episode four. So that's say it's a very early episode, yeah. I remember that. Um, yes. So obviously we have like them up on the roof and, uh, you know, we, we meet this, uh, this woman, uh, we don't know her name just yet. Um, yeah. and you know, it's, 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 is this high enough? It's a nice little scene. You really, you feel for this woman and kind of just, you know, yeah. Yoko's trying to talk her down. I love Bosco in the background, just like doing the like crazy symbol, like circling his, uh, finger around his ear and then kind of looking at his watch, like Bosco just doesn't care. Um, and you know, like, yeah, this woman like, oh, I didn't want to hurt the people on the other side, you know, um, just, you know, Bosco just being a dick and, you know, Yoko's handling it very, very well. 
Um, and then obviously she jumps and, uh, we see her land on the, the roof, I guess it is, and sort of blood kind of just, you know, coming out of her head. Um, so then we kind of get the, uh, the reaction to this and they sort of show up and then, uh, you know, they need the rescue to sort of get a body. Bosco just not giving a shit, um, just coming down. Oh, I'll never get these people. And, you know, we kind of get this bit of like, um, these people. Yeah. Like I guess suicidal people um so well no 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 um it was he says i ne- i never get these people and i swear and i swear somebody responds with that mm. in the episode oh that's doc i think doc i knew it. it yeah um that's that's what i was quoting yeah because i know what you meant yeah okay gotcha gotcha so um obviously uh you know bosco is not thinking out loud because everyone here's all like precious around kim knowing what you know this might mean uh, but Bosco, at this point, just completely obsolete, doesn't think about it. I love kind of Kim when she sort of, like, you know, walks past uh, Bosco. You okay? Oh, living the dream. Like, you know, here's our random Kim Yokus friendship that just kind of has gone nowhere that we got in season one. I want Kim and Yokus to hang out more. They're a good, like, pair. I like those two hanging out. Um, and then kind of Sully shows up here to question Yokus and kind of, you know, Yokus, fair point. Like, so I was like, did you tell your name? Or, you know, no, I didn't get that. Oh, what about an address? Uh, like, oh, you know, I didn't really get a favorite, you know, follow up question, you know, color, address, they were my next ones. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then kind of like <laughs> Bosco here when he's like filling out his forms, like, oh, the chick's a paperweight, you know, why are they going to all this thing? The way he just kind of looks at, you know, uh, Sally, because his pen's not working, and he's just like, you got a pen? And Sally just looks at him and walks off. What the hell is with everybody? <laughs> I just love the way Bosco just not caring. And then, you know, up on the Bosco, roof, we've Bosco, got the uh, cherry picker going out to the roof, and Jimmy just, you know, having to come to the dead body, and the way Jimmy's just kind of like, I love my job, I love my job. <laughs> you know, just obviously not the best part of your job, having to, like, obviously yeah. help out the body here and... She clearly landed on her head, um, got brain matter exposed, and they sort of mentioned, like, oh, Kim's coming up here, she should go cut her off, she doesn't really need to see this. Um, look, I mean, I can see their point, fair enough, but you don't need to just mollycoddle the woman, like, I mean, she's got to get back into a job. Um, you know, I mean, there's a bit more of a payoff that coming up in some future episodes with kind of Kim, kind of what we get in this episode to, obviously, what we get yeah. in the next episode, but, um... Yeah, but anyway, so we then find out this woman's actually alive, uh, you know, miracle- miraculously. She's uh, somehow alive, even though her brain's, like, hanging out of her head and her eyes are, like, completely wide open. Uh, great makeup. Yeah, and she jumped, and she jumped, like, what, 50 feet? Yeah, and landed on her head. So, and, like, I mean, we don't really yeah. necessarily talk too much about Third Watch and the practical effects and the sort of the makeup uh, a lot of the time, but... I mean, this just looks very graphic, this woman with the blood and kind of the shot of her eyes and kind of, you know, you don't need to see pieces of a brain, like, hanging out of a skull, but, I mean, you kind of, it's enough is implied there for it to be very graphic. So, um, you know, it's kind of, it's 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 well sort of, you know, the production value there. Uh, we've got, obviously, Yokus in the apartment talking to the super and obviously finding out a little bit more. Her name was Connie. We find out she's obviously had a husband and, you know, does he know? And then we've got Dick's super moment. Oh, this is going to make it a bitch to rent this apartment. <laughs> kind of like... Fuck you! He's like, oh, i got feelings. <laughs> you know, clearly not. Um, yeah, it sounds like... <laughs> You know, honestly, it sounds like the sort of thing Bosco would have said if he were the super. Well, even Bosco, the way he kind of chimes in, he just quickly like, oh, you know, you'll get some people coming here, this sort of stuff. You know, people go crazy for this kind of stuff. So you'll have the freaks coming up here. Um, so, 
you know, just like Bosco sort of at least chimes in for his say here, as he would. Um, so th- there is another aspect. <laughs> yep. And who's? I wonder who the esteemed actress is who played Connie in this. Um, that is a very I, good question. I could probably tell you if I actually have the right screen in front of me, Darvell. Give me two seconds and I can yep. tell you. Because I, yep, I know that's kind of a thing. We like, to, we like to name the guest stars. Well, she's a great actress. I mean, she plays that so well, that sort of emotional sort of uh, role of Connie. Um, she is the esteemed Connie, otherwise known as Constance Marie Waller, was played by an actress called Kelly Wolfe who is best known for a 1990 movie called Graveyard Shift, a horror movie. Uh, she's also appeared in um, Gilmore Girls, a Year in the Life TV miniseries recently. She was in that. Uh, she was Parenthood, Awake, Southland. She was in an episode of Southland. There you go. Um, okay. Law and Order's uh, Criminal Intentions, an episode of AR. Um, yeah. yeah so she's done a lot. These bit actresses. The esteemed, the esteemed, the esteemed Kelly Wolf. Yeah, the esteemed Kelly Wolf. Thank you, Kelly Wolf, for being Constance Marie Waller. There you go. But uh, so we, yeah, we find out that obviously enough about her that that's who she is, and obviously the husband. Who I'll get to the husband. You you think that this is an actress? Like we talk about uh, people starting off roles, and I I can oh my I completely even forgot about I completely forgot about the husband who he is. He's gone on to bigger and better things. We'll talk about him in a minute. Um, but anyway, so uh, we've got the rescue. They're bringing down Connie's body. Uh, Yokus comes down, find out she's alive, and they've obviously got to go find uh, the husband. Um. Bit of a scene in the car with Bosco and Yokus, and you know, Yokus is like, Oh, we don't really get to know too much from the driver's license who this person was. And Bosco's viewpoint on the whole matter, I've got no sympathy for these people. Uh, we kind of went over a lot of that when it came down to sort of the the Kim stuff last season, so I don't really think there's a whole. I mean, you know, Bosco's going to have this opinion. I mean, that's not a shock, yeah, <laughs> not a shock yeah. at all. Um, meanwhile, Kim and Doc in the ambulance, she's sort of slowly dying, but she's still alive. And Jimmy's driving, I like Jimmy driving the ambulance. Um, so, you know, we learn a bit about the organ donor here. Like, I love Bosco's line. Like, oh, you, uh, what does the organ say? Are you an organ donor? Oh, still using them. It's <laughs> like, kind of just like his subtle little line there. Uh, one thing I actually want to point out, one thing I noticed this episode, and it kind of, it's a season three thing. Uh, Bosco's hair starting to grow out a little bit. I know kind of by the end of season six, Bosco's almost got a mullet. Um, but like, you know, short haired Bosco early on. Uh, I think we get shaved head Bosco for a little bit, but, um, you know, his hair's a little bit long at the point. Just random thing I like to yeah. point out. Don't know why. Um, so, anyway, they get, uh, you know, the conversation about the organ donors and sort of, uh, obviously, the, the key point here to point out is that Connie's ticked that on the back of her uh, license. So, that's obviously going to play a large part in this episode. Meanwhile, back at the hospital, we've got our nice doctor from, like, last season who had the, the Hawaiian shirt on. Um, who, Dr. Thomas, uh, who I apparently lied last oh, season. yes, And yes. said it was only in one episode, and pff, he's actually in a few. Um, so he's kind of, uh, helping rescue her, and obviously they're kind of going to wait for, uh, the husband to, to show up. Uh, obviously Sully and Davis have gone and gotten her. Um, and we hear sort of from Dr. Thomas here sort of like mentioning yeah. about the fact that, look, you know, she's going to die. She's on a ventilator, but her organs are like prime candidates here, you know, tick the, tick the box, but, uh, obviously we need to get the husband to, to clear it up. So, you know, 
bit of a bit of a conversation going on here between you know Bosco saying about how oh some rich guy is going to get him, mentions a couple of names, and obviously you know Sully kind of shuts him down. I do like it. this is my opening line when like Bosco's just going back and forth. Oh no, it's Doc here. Sorry, not Sully. Um, and the way Bosco's like, oh, you're really touchy today. <laughs> just like, oh, go beat someone up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just love the line there. So good. Uh-huh. Random Bosco yeah. Yoko's moment. But uh, so anyway, we meet the husband here. Now, I'm going to point this out because, again, this is just one of these ones that you might not be aware of unless you sort of watch what he's actually been in. But uh, so uh, the husband here, if I can actually find it, there it is. Michael Kelly plays Chip Waller. Now, Michael Kelly, if you're a fan of House of Cards, you automatically know who I'm talking about. He's Doug Stamper in House of Cards, of course. Big name in that. One of the main characters in House of Cards. But he's also gone on to, like, heaps of other things. I mean, he was in Man of Steel, so he's in the DC universe. Uh, you know, lots of bit parts and roles along the way. Um, you know, CSI Miami, Law and Order, uh, Criminal Minds, Person of Interest. Um, you know, actually, he was in Person of Interest, was he? Oh, okay. There you go. Um, so, yeah, lots of different shows along the way. But, yeah, I guess most people know him now as Doug Stamper from House of Cards. So, uh, another one of these actors who kind of started off small and uh, obviously went on to uh, bigger and better things. And if I'm not mistaken... This is one of his uh, sort of earlier TV roles. It was. I mean, he was in a few random shows in the 90s, but, um, you know, he was still trying to make his way through. So, hello, Michael yeah. Kelly. We love you, Michael Kelly. Great actor. Yep. Um, shout, out, shout out to Michael Kelly. He he nailed this role, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure he's listening. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we, we, he gets the, uh, he will give the old clear. I mean, yeah, you're right. He nails it. It's emotional. He's kind of sitting by the bedside of his wife and we'll obviously get a nice little scene of that, um, kind of, uh, coming up soon. Um, we get random Bosco and Kim again. I haven't seen them kind of hanging out since they were making out in Bosco's car last season. Um, I kind of, after hours. Yeah. I love Kim's little line here when he says that she says to Bosco, you lost. (laughs) Like it just kind of like. The nice little back and forth here. And I just, it's a nice scene because, like, I love Kim here yeah. where she's just kind of like, oh, look, thank you. Like, I owe you a thank you. Like, you're not stepping on eggshells, you know, treating me differently because this is a suicide. You know, people don't seem to, like, understand. And, like, clearly, though, as we'll find out, Bosco just didn't realize. And Bosco at this point is kind of like, oh, shit. Oh, I need to go inside now. Bye. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Do you like Brandon Bosco and Kim scenes? I, 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 we need more of these. We don't get many. Yeah, Here I, we have one. Yep, I'm pretty sure. Isn't this the? Well, it can't be. But I was gonna say, I'm. Isn't this the last one we get? Look, it might be the okay. last direct. I look, I'm. Darvell, you know how many times I've said that, and it turns out they've probably got a whole episode yeah. where they have a sex scene or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen, but um, <laughs> I've been wrong before. So, uh, it's got to be one of their last if it's not their last. So, um, it's just, it is a rare thing for these two to interact. I mean, we know they made out in the second season and after hours, but, um, yeah. It's, I don't know. I just, I like it. I love these two interacting. Um, you know, two of my favourites on the show. Um, we meet the transplant lady, Grace Owens, um, you know, talking about sort of uh, what the organs are going to do. And we find out that uh, Connie's heart can save a young little girl. Um, and, you know, we've just got to get it off in time. The husband's given the consent. And I, I, it's a, like, I love how Doc actually asks a question like, will the heart fit in a little girl? Because I'm like thinking the same thing. Like, can you put an adult heart in a child? Um, I actually did. I know someone who had a heart transplant. Um, and just the things that she has to go through to kind of like, you know, just checkups and that. Like, her life's not the same, obviously. It's better than, obviously, not having a heart transplant because she sadly would have passed away. But, um, 
you know, it's uh, it's it's yeah, it's kind yeah. of it's it's a great little sort of storyline around this sort of stuff. I do like kind of the bit here where we've got Carlos and uh, Taylor sort of they're having to go pick the little girl up, and I love Carlos is like, oh, can't I get the heart? I've got a year of pre med. Like that's really not going to change anything, Carlos. And then like really, yeah, they always. I mean, what are you going to do? Transplant it into her on the <laughs> way to the hospital? <laughs> Conduct surgery yourself, Carlos. Uh, Carlos randomly drinking a Red Bull here too, by the way. I love him just walking down the street drinking a Red Bull. Um, and then, like, I love the line when he says here, like, oh, we're going to go pick her up. Are you serious? As a heart attack. No pun intended. Um, so, <laughs> it's a nice oh, little man. But uh, this, yeah. is, this is kind of when the episode really clicks into gear. So this is now our sort of our second half of the episode, kind of what this is all going to be about from this point on is the, the transportation of the heart to obviously get to this little girl and kind of make things all go to, you know, peachy. We've got a brief little scene here of Yoka sitting down with the husband. A great little scene. Again, as you said, nails the husband perfectly. Michael Kelly, just an amazing actor. It's, it's weird seeing with hair, though. I mean, he's pretty much bald in House of Cards. Um, but, you know, just obviously confidential. He's not meant to be told, um, you know, where it is, but she kind of alludes that, oh, it's a little girl. And just, you, you really do feel here for him because obviously, you know, he doesn't really know why she did it. And obviously he's like, you know, I knew she was upset, but just don't know why. So, yeah, props to Michael Kelly. I mean, it's a blink and you miss yep. scene, as we said, from him. But, um, yeah, you, you're you're right. You're right in the money there, Mister Stewart. I keep calling you Mister Stewart all of a sudden. Darvell, uh, he's, he's he nails his <laughs> hey, role. It's all right. Yeah, and and you know he, I know I'm being Captain Obvious here, but you know he points out, you know I didn't, I knew she was upset, but I didn't know this. I didn't know that. I mean, we all know we all know that, you know, you you. You never know when someone's when someone's going to when someone's going to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and I mean we all chances are I mean we all know someone who's taken their own life. Mm. Yeah, it was. I mean it's well handled yeah. here by sort of how they sort yes. of do it. And, and it's even the way Yoko's kind of like says and we know she's lying, but the way she says, oh, she said I love you very much, and you know she said it was important that um you know I say that. And like again, sadly we know she's lying, but it's one of these times where like it makes sense why she's going to say that to him. So, yeah. Yep. Kind of like what Sully said to Davis back in A Hero's Rest when it came to him not being sure how to console yeah. uh, Greg's wife. Let her think what she needs to. Same thing here. Let him think what he needs to. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So uh, we kind of start this little bit of a, you know, sequence here. It's, it's, it's so interesting to think that we're kind of like, this would have been such a great premiere episode uh, just because, you know, it's so balanced with a bit of comedy going on, the dramatic side of it as we keep always talking about Third Watch. And again, we're three weeks um, off the, you know, the uh, opening three September 11 episodes, which, you know, had their light moments in them, but, you know, obviously very heavy subject matter. Uh, so now we've kind of got Kim and Doc, they're transporting this heart and stuck in traffic and we kind of see the box sitting on the gurney, you know, transplant. I just kind of love here just, you know, Doc trying to squeeze through the traffic and like dick New York traffic, you know, we've got an ambulance going through and no one gives a shit. I mean, this is New York. Like people just don't give a shit. They're going to do their own thing no matter what. Um, so yeah, not just in New York. Yeah, true. You're absolutely right. Um, but you know, like not the smartest moves here by Doc and Kim though. Like, I mean, I get it. They're panicking. They're trying to clear the traffic. But, like, do they both need to leave the ambulance at the same time and not think something like this might happen? <laughs> so, like, they get out. 
She obviously goes in the shop, tells the delivery guy. He's, like, yelling at traffic and directing it. And meanwhile, as they turn around, we've got some uh, druggies raiding their bus. Um, and then, you know, this all leads to somebody stealing the heart, which, like... I mean, this is this is the thing. This is really like, like I. What always, would they have done with it anyway? Well, I, we we see it. They just throw it in the bin. But like, I mean, it's just kind of they just they're just druggies. They're just strung up. They just don't care. They're just going to take everything in their sight. But like, this is where like I always kind of question like, is this like, do I like this episode or not? Because again, on paper, it's like how kind of like over the top TV is this? And oh no, the heart gets stolen. Like oh, let's chase around New York. Like. But it's just done in such a way that it's so... If this was a season six episode, this would be done so differently and so bad. So, like, I kind of like the fact that this is, you know, written by, you know, Ed Allen Bonaro, that's sort of like one of our showrunners, and just, like, it's just handled so well. And I'm so glad that we get this storyline now. Because, again, on paper, it's such a shit storyline, but it's just done so well, if you know what I mean. Yeah, how do you think it would have been done if this were a season six oh, episode? There'd be vampires involved. They'd probably be sucking the blood out of the heart. Like, <laughs> Detective Yokus on the scene. And I like Detective Yokus, but I don't know. Like, I just feel that it would just... And there'd be a montage in the middle as they search for the heart with a cheesy song played through the middle of it. Um, so, that's how I think it would have been done. We would have had broody Josh Stewart. Really need to find it. Grace being all blah in the background. Um, <laughs> you know, Grace, meh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can't wait till we get to Grace. Grace, meh. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> you know, we love you, Grace, but just yeah. meh. Um, yeah. So, anyway, we uh, they find a guy. It kind of looks like um, Shaggy from the, the Scooby-Doo movies. Um, but he's all strung up. Oh, I'm just... I'm, <laughs> Exactly. I'm just, I'm strung up, man. We're drugs. We're going to meet up at this place. So they take him to this house. Like, this is where we're going to find out. We get a brief little scene kind of, uh, you know, in the middle of uh, Carlos and Taylor going up the stairs. And, of course, there's no elevators. So they've got to go all the way to the top of this building. Um, we rock up to this house. Sally calls for backup. Uh, Taylor and uh, Carlos, again, still complaining as they go up to the top. Uh, we go inside this building and uh, we see the box with the ice sort of spread on the ground and obviously, you know, the heart's missing. And I just kind of love it when they, like, um, you know, rock up here to the uh, the the drugged-out guys who are just, like, chilling on the ground. Um, you know, it's just... Oh, we're caught. Oh, uh, oh, we're caught. Oh, uh, we're, we're... We're just looking for drugs. <laughs> like, I just love the fact yeah, that... Yeah, they wanted to steal morphine and saline and all that off the bus. And I, I love Bosco just like, is that Dean Martin? And then all of a sudden as they all kind of go off to check the bins. And he's like, Dino in a crack house? It's the only damn station that comes in. And he just rips out the cord, gives him a glance and walks off. Like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Random Bosco scene. It's just so funny. Just like, dick Bosco. Yeah, Bosco... Yeah, Bosco just wanted to put him in a box. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, according to him, you know, druggies can't listen to Dean Martin. They should be listening to rap and hard rock or it's something, just, according to the, Bosco. The look on Bosco's face as he rips away the radio is so funny. It's just hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, we have Carlos and Taylor. They finally reach the top, and we see this little girl, obviously all connected to machines and everything. It's all sad, and, you know, the the mum and dad are kind of staring over it. I love, like, her room. She's got, like, 100 Barbies kind of hanging over her bed and stuff like that. Uh, and then nice Carlos, you know? Like, this is kind of rare. It is a good Carlos moment. Yeah. You know, it, it's nice. It's just kind of, you know, a nice... I've actually written on my notes. 
Carlos being nice. <laughs> so, if, if this was two seasons ago, Car- if this was two seasons ago, it would have been like the episode where um, the in, the fourth episode of season one, Hell is What You Make of It, where uh, the Doc and Carlos show up on the scene where the girl, 12-year-old girl is having an yeah. asthma attack yeah, and you're Carlos right. trying to show off. Have you ever been intubated? Yeah, yeah. Stop using big yeah, words in it, front of her. She just needs to, you know, calm down. Yeah, I mean, it would have been it would have been just like that if this had been Carlos a couple seasons ago. Yeah, and this, this is, scene right here. And this is my point with season three is that season three and and four they're both very transitional seasons. The fact that we have elements of old school, we have elements of new school, and how these characters are going to turn out. Like you know, yeah, Carlos is is developing. You know, he's still kind of got this real kind of childish, aloof sort of selfishness about him that obviously will get sort of really leveled out a lot in this season. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, it's kind of, it's just perfect transitional seasons three and four. You know, I mean, obviously as we're, we're still on a good stretch of bite episodes here. They're still great episodes. Uh, and I mean, to me, like, you know, season three is a great season. I'm not saying season three is a bad season, the third watch, but to me, there will be a lot more rentits in this season. I'm not sure if there's any bo- uh, binnets in this season, but there's still going to be, a, uh, we're going to get to some rentits later on this season, which to me aren't necessarily, you know, you know, most groundbreaking episodes of this show, but they're still good. And I would still watch rent it and maybe if there are binnets this season ahead of some of the episodes on season six. And again, I would still watch those episodes of season six ahead of a lot of other TV shows. So, um, yeah, yeah anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, nice Carlos. I say we're going to take him down the old-fashioned way, so they're going to call him for some help. Meanwhile, at the bins, we, like, get them sent you the bins. I love Bosco just staring, watching, and David's just like, Bosco, are you going to help? Are you going to help? And he's like, no. And he's like, oh, no. yeah, but I will. Because, <laughs> like, again, we know his fear of Yokus. Yokus just gives him a look, and that's all it takes. Like, I just like, do yeah. you want to help? No, I don't, Davis, but I will. Like, just, again, it's just Yokus. He's terrified of Yokus. I love it. Um, yeah. it's like, like, Bosco. <laughs> I love it. He was like, damn it, got a new watch. And they're like digging through the bins. And then, uh, Davis finds it, uh, you know, still in a little baggy. Um, I love, I love Davis. Oh, 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 is that it? Like, oh, I don't know. What else could it be? Um, meanwhile, we get the sweet little scene. Yeah. They're transporting the little girl out of the thing and all the firefights. So sweet. Like, whoa, nobody told us we had a princess here. Hey, beautiful. Like, Oh, you know, we've got royalty going on here. Like, so good. Yeah. Like, oh, just so and, nice. Yeah, and when, when they're and when they're going through the trash, for some reason, when I was watching that scene, when they were going through the, through the trash, I just started thinking about New York. I just started thinking about New York City's notorious rat problem. <laughs> yeah. And I and I started thinking, and I just started getting chills. And I just started getting chills at the idea of. That that particular trash can swarming with rats and oh my god, what if a rat had gotten a hold of that little baggie and that's how they found it? You, you know what it reminds you of? I don't know if you've ever seen or remember the movie called Rat Race. It was like early two thousands. Had like a heap of stars. Vaguely. In it. So there's this. I, I remember the name, but I never actually watched the movie. It has like one of these movies, like these random comedy movies. They've got so many like huge stars in it. But there's like one of the storylines in it. It's got um. Rowan Atkinson, you know, aka Mr. Bean, and uh, Wayne Knight, of course, like Newman from Seinfeld. He was uh, uh, Dennis Nedry in Jurassic Park. You know, one of these actors you'd know if you saw his face. But, like, kind of the storyline revolved around that is that uh, Wayne Knight's transporting a heart, 
and they're kind of all like, oh, you want to see it? They kind of lose the heart. It, like, gets taken away by a dog, and then it, like, it's just so, like, over-the-top comedy, like, slapstick comedy. But then it kind of, like, gets rescued enough that it's still viable. It's just it's so, like, like you know, over-the-top compared to what we're seeing here. But it just, just kind of reminds me a bit of that. So, um, yeah, good movie, Rat Race. It's a funny what? movie. <laughs> what? Me, me mentioning my, my thoughts as I was watching that scene? Kind of makes you think of Rat Race. No, no, no. The, the, the heart, the, the fact that in that in Rat Race, that there's a heart storyline. That's what I mean. Like, as in, like the fact oh. that they're transporting the heart. That's kind of okay. what it reminds you of. But um, yeah. So great scene. Obviously, they're transporting the little girl down, as I said. You know, yes. princess. You know, royalty. You know, precious cargo. It's a beautiful little scene. Transport her outside the building. And there's people sort of waiting outside and and clapping, and they're all ready to go, ready to drive her off to the hospital. Meanwhile, uh, Sally and Co are just kind of like, oh, you know, we're gonna wait. What do we wait for? Can we just not transport this ourselves? Um, so they <laughs> get ready, and we get you boss- got one problem, Davis. We got Pinhead here. Yeah, they no just problem. kick him out. Hey, Pinhead, you're free to go. Boss, I wonder how that uh, how often that happens with the police. Like they've just got a bigger, better thing to get to. So they just all these people get lucky and get away with things. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a minor crime, I guess. You know, so you know, sure, he's just a druggie. He's just going to do it anyway. Um, but like this again, where it's kind of just feels so like realistic and kind of just the way they kind of do it. But I, I love like Bosco v Sully here. About like you know, uh, better not slow down, Sally. I'll be up your ass. <laughs> it's like you better keep up with me. <laughs> like just, just I love their little banter, and I love probably the- another one of those things that had to be ad lib. Yeah, and I just love the way they're like reversing up the street before they turn around, and just this great little scene. Like we sort of mentioned this last season, it's, you know, we didn't really get a lot of car chases, and like you you touched on in the season two recap that season one had a lot more action than season two, and kind of you know again, let's remember this is meant to be the premiere episode, as we've kind of you know worked out. So we've sort of got it's not a car chase but it's like a high octane cast you know sort of scene we're gonna get there in time i just love you know sully and dave is like the way sully kind of like you know blocks off a bunch of traffic and then dave's like whoa 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 um and then just like you know and what does uh bosco say like whoa sully with the lead block and then sully's just like old school my man like it's just awesome it's just such a great scene and like great stunt driving by whoever did this because again all filmed in new york this would have all been done on, you know, the streets of NYC. So, like, great work there by the stunt crew of Third Watch. Again, great to see. Um, and I just love also just the cut between, the sort of the transitioning between the two sort of rushing to the hospital between the cop car and the ambulance. And, you know, good old Taylor here having to, like, nearly get taken out by a taxi. Jag off! Like, you know, we talked a lot about that last season. Um, <laughs> Taylor, Taylor actually yells that. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think I missed that. Taylor with a jag off. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> um, meanwhile, isn't little... the fire truck there too? Uh, I believe they are following behind. Yes, I think they're kind of like you know doing recon and helping out with sort of the uh, the traffic flow. Um, so obviously we then kind of get them to the hospital. The girl's sort of crashing. There's a bit of drama going on, but she's fine. She's going to live. We know that. Uh, and then we get this great shot as they all rush in the hospital, the rush with the, uh, the heart transplant. Reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, the, the scene in After Hours where they're all on the beach and we just kind of get a group shot of all our, you know, gang of nine just all, you know, observing as they all walk inside the hospital. It's a great shot. Um, you know, Jimmy's kind of there and DK sort of shows up at the end, but, you know, our, our, our bunch of nine that we know and love, they're there. It's, it's a great shot. I just, I don't know. I don't know about you, how you feel about Absolutely. this, these random shots of all our cast together. I just always get a bit excited when I yeah. see that. Yeah, I love it too. I love it too. It's always nice to see them team up like this. Yeah. I mean, episode and one, you know, welcome to Camelot. I wish they would have done that you know. more. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's few and far between. And again, I'm not going to say this is the last time we see it because, you know, there will be other occasions where some of these people will work together. But, you know, it's, it, you're absolutely right. And this is kind of moving forward in this transitional phase where we won't get it as much. I mean, having said that, it's not like we've had it frequently. I mean, welcome to Camelot. We had them all at the end, obviously, you know, except for Jimmy. Uh, then, obviously, after hours, we had them all on the beach. And that was the only time we could have had our, our 10 there. Obviously, Bobby was still part of the show then and we obviously had Taylor at that point. Uh, so this time around, it's kind of our nine minus Bobby. So it's kind of, you know, just with Taylor there in this time instead. So yeah, there's, there's really not going to be many occasions where we get sort of a, just a group sequence of everybody looking on, you know, sort of moving forward. So you soak these up, people, as third watch fans, because they're great. They're just, it's an, it's an ensemble show. We're still at the point of this show where it is really about the characters. You would argue this episode is about the job more so than the characters, but we still get enough character moments of this episode that it doesn't turn into a job episode rather than a character episode. So, um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great sort of shot. I just, I love those just random shots that we'll have of the cast all there. Um, so anyway, we kind of get this great little scene here between Bosco and Yokus, and this is where Bosco's obviously like, oh, how did I not, you know, think of this? I'm there, like, going on about stuff, and I completely forgot that, you know, what she'd done to herself. You know, what's wrong with me? Um, Yokus is lying there. Is it because you're self- self-absorbed? No, it's not that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of, again, it's like a nice little scene, the way, like, you know, Bosco's like, oh, I don't know her, you know? Like, you know, I don't know what's going on at the firehouse all the time. Um, you know... It's, it's kind of like a nice little scene. Uh, and then obviously the talking about organ donation and sort of Bosco, you know, oh, the big man calling me. Hopefully that's a long time away. So, um, you know, nice little scene. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about organ donation, seeing as that was such a big point of the episode? Look, I think I am one. I've got the thing in my wallet. I signed up for it years ago, so I believe I am one. So, hi, anyone. If I die in the middle of this episode, I guess you can have my organs. Um, I mean, I, I'm weird in the fact that... I kind of want to be cryogenically frozen, but it's like one of those things that's so expensive and out of the way that it's never going to happen. You know, I'm like one of these people, like, bring me back to life in a thousand years. But, um, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, take them. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not me, using them. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I'd love to, I'd love to be an organ donor. I don't think I'm signed up yet, but. It, I intend to get signed up for look, it. If, I mean, look, again, this might be older date. I don't know how necessarily it works. It might be a state-by-state thing in America, but obviously it's implied in this episode. All you do is tick the back of your license, and then obviously you need consent from a you know your next of kin when it comes to like something happening. But I know here in Australia that um, you actually have to sign up to a separate thing. Like when you go to get your driver's license, it's not just asked of you there. Like I think it says on your driver's license, organ donor, but I think it comes down to the fact that you've got to go to a separate government organization to do with the doctors or something like that. And cause I remember filling in a form and I've got a card in my wallet that says I'm an organ donor. So, um, I'm pretty sure here in the U S you do, you can just have that checked on the back of your, uh, license or state ID or whatever. I honestly think that it's like, and again, without getting too sidetracked and getting too philosophical, I can't say big words. Philosophical. Um, thank you. Um, that unless you are of a certain religious belief, um, it really is something that should just be standard in society. I don't get why it should be a question. Like, at the end of the day, you're dead, um, and you've probably got parts of you that can save another person's life. I mean, that's just human nature. It's logical, if you ask me. I mean, yeah, I understand that like, there are definitely religions out there where it is sacred and... 
you know, I personally don't believe in that, but I mean, that's not me to say that other people can't believe in that. So if that's what people believe yeah. in and it's part of your religion, then sure that you respect the faith of it. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's a narrow minded viewpoint, but I mean, if, if I'm dead and I've got my heart can save someone and like, you know, give someone an extra 30 years of their life, then who am I to say, no, By you can't all have means. it. You know what I mean? Think about, think about the other way around. Well, it's if, not doing if, me any good. If we're on a list and we're waiting, and, you know, it just comes down to us wanting a heart. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's in, again, Third Watch does it so well. Kind of like the debate that we sort of have. We've got a question and sort of where's your viewpoint on this and where's your viewpoint on that. So, you know, it does it well. Um, so, we get this nice little scene here at the end where Kim sort of mentions the Doc. We're all going to go to Haggerty's and, uh, you know, watch it on TV to see if they saved it. And Doc's going to show up. And, uh, you know, Kim's sort of like, oh, did I do well today? It's like, yeah, you did well. And this is kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the first of a two-parter with Kim and Doc. I like Kim and Doc together, them being partners. We haven't really touched too much on that, but Kim and Doc as partners are good. Like, we like them. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, obviously, Kim here is like, you know, oh, everyone thinks it was, uh, you know, I tried to kill myself. I didn't. This was an accident. Um, you know, you believe me, don't you, Doc? And Doc's kind of like, yeah, I believe yeah. you. Obviously, he gives a bit of a pensive look towards <laughs> the end. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. We'll get a more of a conclusion on this in the next episode because uh Yes. Well handled. Again, this is a, it's a it's a touchy subject matter. Uh but it's it's still it's very well handled again by Third Watch. But um Absolutely. absolutely. So we close it out, we're in the bar, they're all chilling, they're all watching the news, waiting to see if this little girl lived. <laughs> and uh, you know, they're watching it up and we find out that yeah, the little girl's made it. And I love you know, that obviously the, the parents <laughs> thank the doctors and don't thank everybody yeah, else. I that <laughs> I was gonna say that just that just really. I was like, I was waiting for you to get to that so that I could then say, okay, yeah, thank the doctors and everything. But did you just forget the paramedics, firefighters, and police officers who drove God only knows how long and carried your daughter out of your apartment? Actually, had to recover the transplant heart. Well. That was meant for her. I think that's... And, yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but I think that's kind of the point, that the fact that these are people that don't often get credited with a lot more. It's always the doctors that get credited. I mean, we obviously saw that a lot, you know, through Morales and stuff like that, that kind of... And I think ER kind of does touch on that slightly with some of their relationships with the paramedics. Because, um, you know, there are definitely episodes where the, some of the paramedics are kind of minor characters that kind of come in and go through ER, but it's always kind of the back and forth between these groups is that, you know, and that's what this does so well, particularly in the early seasons, it kind of portrays, like, as we often hear, like, we're just taxi drivers, you know, we're just going to scoop them up, and that's all we're delivery people, you know, and kind of, yeah, they don't get the recognition that obviously, you know... Uh, they do, and, and clearly, like these parents, the first thing they're going to say is, "Oh, thanks to the surgeons." But I'm sure if they get interviewed properly, like a proper sit-down interview later on with a little girl, uh, you know, a more in-depth interview with like Oprah or someone like that, like um, you know, they're going to say it then. But they're just kind of live on TV, a brief little snippet. I'm not excusing it; they shouldn't. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you; they should thank them. But I think that's kind of the point they're trying to show out here is that they went to all this effort to save this little girl, the heart and everything. And they don't even get thanked for it. So that's kind of just how it is, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I get you. But, um, so this so bar... Stop me from being annoyed at that Yeah, oh, I'm with though. you. I'm with you. <laughs> Trust me, I'm with you, Darvel. Uh, so we get this scene sort of, you know, Yokus with Bosco and kind of like, what's wrong with you today? Oh, you know, nothing. Oh, I'll see you tomorrow. She obviously walks out. We kind of, you know, get a last little scene there. Oh, what's with her? Oh, I don't know. Um, and then kind of, you know, she walks off. Close scene. 
But uh, I've got to point this out. You've been sitting on the edge of your little seat there, Darvel, since I mentioned this to you off air. So we've obviously got um, uh, something that, again, we're going to get a lot more moving forward with this show. It's not a montage because we've obviously got talking and seeing going on, but the use of songs. And let's point this out right now to people who are listening to this and maybe thinking like, well, how are you watching this? This has never been released on DVD. I mean, there are other ways of watching these episodes. But, um, yeah, half the reason... Thank God lots of people recorded them back in the day. Half the reason why seasons post-season two have never been released on DVD is the music. This is the issue with this show is that, and we've touched on this before, is that obviously when it comes to the use of music in TV shows, they pay for a one-off license as, you know, one-time airing, that's what they pay for. In 1999, 2000, 2001, you know, early 2000s, DVDs were only just coming into play. TV shows on DVD was just a new thing. So when they did these episodes, they never went out of their way to think, oh, we need to make sure that we pay for a certain type of license. So the issues are surrounding that is like they would have to pay a lot of money to get the licensing fees for these songs on a show that really wouldn't make them much profit because it's never been a big show. So that's why 3, 4, 5, and 6, you know, more than likely will never be officially released on DVD moving forward. So this is just an example where we're going to get a fairly, you know, well-known song used in Third Watch. Again, it's not the the montage that just season 6 just goes crazy with. Um, but, like, the, I want to point this song out because... This is Save Me by Remy Zero. Somebody save me. We can't play it due to our own copyright reasons. Um, but uh, you've, I've teased you because this song is more well known as the main theme, the opening credits of a very popular show, which I've just established. I thought Third Watch came before, like I thought this episode came before the premiere of this show. But the premiere of this show that I'm about to tell you actually was October 16th, 2001, and of course, as I already mentioned, this episode aired on October 29th, 2001. So the premiere of the show that made this song famous actually was two weeks before this episode of Third Watch. But having said that, this episode should have aired before that premiere because initially it was the premiere episode. Did you get all that? I got all that. Anyway, save me, Remy Zero. Have you remembered this, the show that this is from, Darvel? No, I don't. <laughs> All right. Do you want me to put you out of your misery? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go it ahead. It is from the very popular TV show based around the life of young Superman, Smallville. Uh, it was the... Oh, my God. Did you ever watch it? Did you ever watch Smallville? Not very regularly, but I knew what it was. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, any Smallville fan out there automatically knows... The song from Smallville, Somebody Save Me. And obviously, we've, you know, done it a little bit, a uh, couple of episodes on um, on the Oz Network, sort of looking at it. But, uh, so, yeah, interesting that kind of they use this in Third Watch pretty much the same time it premiered as the opening scene for uh, Smallville. So, there you go. Just keep an eye on that. It's a season three thing. They'll do this a lot more this season. As I keep saying, there is an episode of this season which really kind of changes this show in a completely other different direction for me. And it starts off with an opening montage. But, you know, we're still a little bit away from that. Uh, anyway, so that, of course, uh, timing to wrap up here when it comes to the relay. A unique episode, an interesting episode, a good episode. Any closing thoughts here, Darvel, before we get to Evil or Review? <laughs> <laughs> no. No? Do you want to give me an intro then? No. Give me an intro. 
And now it's time for the Evil of Review segment. Woo! Do 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 do. Um, yeah. So this is the part where we buy it, uh, rent it, or bin it. What do we like about this episode? And remember, coming into this, folks, we are on a bit of a streak. Uh, we're on a very big streak, I believe. Twelve episodes in a row for me. Thirteen for Darvell. Uh, was it eleven for me and twelve? One of them. Uh, there's a lot in a row. Uh, what are we doing with this one? Buying it, renting, or binning it? Well, I am continuing my streak by buying. So you're up to 14 in a row? Wow. Boom. Yeah, I'm with you. 13 in a row for me. Um, just, I mean... Ah, lucky number. It's good. It's just it's just memorable. And, like, this would have made a great premiere. And just, again, it's one of these ones where all everyone's involved. And it's great little random character scenes. Great acting. Uh, there's really not anything to fault this episode for. I mean, it's just... It's so good and... Yeah, top 30, top 40 episode of this show. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I look forward to ranking all these episodes eventually and kind of seeing where this actually mm-hmm. does fit into it. But uh, I did briefly look on IMDb, the rankings, and they put this a lot lower than it should be. So, yeah, not too sure. They do that with a lot of the They really do. They really do. So, we move on next week uh, to Adam553. Now, this is kind of our first one. Like, we touched on last season about how they don't necessarily get rid of the solo episodes on on sort of the characters, but it's kind of it's used sporadically that we have season two is made more popular. So next we get one next week. It's a doc episode. We get Michael Beach narrating. We sort of said last season that he doesn't, but here yeah, he is. It's kind of a sad narration too. We get a lot more into Doc's character, and I I, I like it. I like the fact that we kind of learn a little bit too. more about him along the way. We learn about his past. We learn about him getting involved, and there's a, there's a nice little fan service scene in two in terms of the fact that I'm watching a thing like, oh, they've forgotten about continuity. They're doing Taylor's dad all over again, but then they actually don't. So it's kind of the way they sort of connected back into it. So um, yeah, we get some great Kim and Doc stuff. We get a bit of resolution with the whole Kim. Was it an accident? Was it a suicide? Um, yeah, I like it. It's a good episode. Yeah. Do you have anything to no say? I had dreams, you know. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I, I look forward yeah. to I look forward to us what doing this episode next week and having people our own selves stare at us like we get Doc staring at himself in this episode. So um, <laughs> we look forward to that. But of course, that is our uh, next week. Adam five five three, which I believe, and I'm probably going to be proven wrong, is the only episode named after one of our call signs. Don't think we've got, we don't have an episode called Five Five David or Five Five Charlie. We don't have an episode called Boy Five Five Three. So there we go. Our only episode named after one of our call signs. My email address has Five Five David in it, but that's not an episode of Third Watch. Uh, We'll be back, as I said, next week. Like us on Facebook. Yeah. Subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We're everywhere because we're Spectre. Yep. Cool. Uh, But yeah, it's great to be back and talk about this and we're getting obviously so much into third watch and when will our streak end when we will stop this buy it streak it's been very very much a uh, big big streak but uh my name is ben we'll be back next week and i forgot to have a closing line uh that's okay so did i my name's darvell and yes we will indeed be back next weekend hope you will be too. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.